led them to their first title since 1914. Jack Walker has seen his dream come true. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Bola Bola Show podcast. Now, if you just heard it just now, we're going back to the year 1995, in which Blackburn Rovers became became the, the second team uh, as the English Premier League champions. Now, if you all know, the English Premier League history started from 92 until now. Prior to that, it was the first division title. So as we speak today, Blackburn Rovers is one of the few elite teams to actually win the Premier League title. Liverpool hasn't even won it yet. As, as of we speak right now, Liverpool is still not yet a Premier League champion. So... We thought let's revisit back that season because to me, I think it's one of the most unique uh, season in English Premier League football. Uh, it was the post-USA 94 World Cup. So for me, my enthusiasm was because the fact that Tottenham Hotspur, they made quite a few interesting signings, in particularly Jurgen Klinsmann. But our focus today is mainly on Blackburn Rovers. And I'm not alone. As always, I'm joined here by my two best buddies. Firstly, I'm going to introduce you to... Probably the guy, in my opinion, maybe in 95 was, was a very heartbreaking season for him. But we will talk about that later. But introducing now, Elwin, Manchester United fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> and uh, well, welcome back again to our podcast. So, yeah, as a Manchester United fan, it was indeed a heartbreaking season. And I think we'll, del- we'll dwell into that as we move on later in the show. Yep. Yeah. And of course, the star of this particular podcast is the other guy in our Bola Bola show team, Bala. Because yeah, if you all know, he is a Blackburn Rovers fan. So definitely, 95 was a very, very important year for him. So, hi, Bala. It's not... Hi, Sivan. It's not only an important year. I think it's the most important year as I've been a football fan because that was officially one of the trophies that I saw a team winning, Arte El Labore, the title of the Blackburn Rovers, the symbol. Mm-hmm. You know what it means? It means by art and by labor. So, wow. yes. Okay, okay. I'm sure a lot of people are keen to know exactly why you choose to support Blackburn. Because, you know, in English, Premier League at that time, I believe, uh, of course, Man United was the biggest club. And then you have Arsenal, you have Liverpool. I mean, it could have happened. At, but why particularly Blackburn? Because when I was in, uh, I remember that I was in a form, what, form two, I think, form three. So I think a lot of big teams, like, you know, people talking about Liverpool, people talking about Manchester United, even my father was a MU fan. So what I'm trying to say is basically, so I just, just too, too much bored with this Manchester United kind of influence. So we just coincided, I remember watching in Star Paper, and uh, I saw this thing, Blackburn, I like the first catching with a symbol, their patch, their logo, you know, with the roses. And mm-hmm. then after that... Uh, Give me kind of like have a very kind of genuine kind of team. Then I, I, I don't even remember at the time they were what division they were. Or what. Then I started following them. Then I did the season the Jack Walker. I caught number Jack Walker. He brought over the club. He made the club strong and etc. Then I think the first season they was uh, after Premier ended up second to MU by eight points. And that's when my love started with them. Being interested more and more. Okay, okay. Now you mentioned Jack Walker. I think in many aspects of what Blackburn Rovers achieved that season. I think the most important is Jack Walker's arrival to the club. Uh, you may want to share with us a little bit on that background, especially with regards to Jack Walker's arrival. I would say, okay, we have seen Ab- Roman Abramovich, right? We have seen uh, who else? All this recently with Liverpool bought over by big, big names or big companies. 
even Italians, even 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 uh, even I was even going to Roma. But I think what what beauty about Jack Walker is he was a fan. He was a uh, a fan, you know, like all of us. Imagine we have like you, Simon. You're a fan of Huddersfield. Imagine buying over Huddersfield. What kind of passion you show? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is, Jack Walker genuinely wanted a success for the club. The, the club he supported as a boy. And typically, like compared to other, even I, I would say in many ways he's the last kind of kind of owner we had because currently any club whoever buying, I don't feel they're buying for the sake of the club. I think they're buying to make money mm-hmm. or to promote their company or even the kind of thing. So the passion, the enthusiasm, I think is I think he's one of the best. I think he, in fact whatever he earned from his uh, business, he pumped into the club. And I would say is his success, his biggest success, even by even, even though he never won any Champions League or they even continue the success. Mm, okay, okay, all right. And uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, Jack Walker's arrival did change a lot in, in, in respect of Blackburn Rovers because uh, as I'm reading somewhere here, apparently when Howard Kendall was the manager in 1979, uh, he was asked to reduce the amount of milk used in the player's tea. So it's a huge yeah. difference between what Blackburn Rovers was then and after Jack Walker. In particularly, with yeah. the, he brought Kenny Douglas. I mean, how important is that? I think Daniel English brought him out of retirement. Okay. Let me remind you of that. So that shows basically is he had a vision of the club to start with the coach. He never came in maintaining the coach and he did bought players. He never did that. He first changed the coach. But before that, he donated a lot of things. After he bought over, he did a lot of involvement in Ewood Park. He did quite an outstanding job in building the stadium again. So he, he had a vision. I think even currently, I think, what does I say? The thought he really took the team as a business and with a passion in it. So it's very interesting. And of course, when Kenny Douglas came in, he started to buy the players according to what suited. Like even Roba Abramovich when he bought over Chelsea, he still used uh, for Claudio Ranieri. Sorry, Mark Hughes, I think. Sorry, he was saying Mark Hughes. So the changes in the team. Oh, sorry, Claudio Ranieri. Yes. So from there, he bought the players. Then he sacked the coach. He never did that. He reversed it. He bought the coach. Then he bought the players to suit the system. Okay. All right, Elvin. The fact that uh, Bala mentioned about Roman Abramovich, do you think that Jack Walker should be considered the Roman Abramovich of his era? Yeah, I mean, at, at, at that time, you could, you could probably say so because the, the Jack Walker guy is one of the richest, one of the top 30 richest guys in, uh, in Britain at that time and he owned... Walker Steel, which is one of the British largest uh, steel producer, also owned an airline. So, actually, during that time, in the in the uh, like what Impact Bala was mentioning earlier, also uh, those guys are coming, those rich guys coming and buying clubs, like for example, these Arab guys or Roman Abramovich, or even uh, now we even see like Chinese businessmen. Thai businessman, you know, and, 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 and all this doing it, uh, doing it more for money rather than passion. So this Jack Walker time, I think maybe we can safely say he was the version one the, of this Roman, this Roman Abramovich kind of thing, you know, like um, real, real hardcore uh, rich guy buying a, buying a football club. But unlike Roman Abramovich, uh, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what is Roman Abramovich's history with Chelsea. Um, 
and how passionate he was about Chelsea. But when he decided to buy Chelsea, of course, that was his decision. But Jack Walker is is uh, is a different guy altogether, and it's because he's a big fan of the club. You see, yeah, yeah. and 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 not many rich businessmen have opportunities like that to actually you know own the club. They they really love and support. So yeah, so so probably that's that's where I I, I believe Jack Walker. But, but don't forget, Sivan, I think like, once again, I'll keep repeating this because practically what he did was his first move, when he bought all the club, he invested in the stadium and expanded the capacity of the, of the, of the, the stadium itself. I think from the second time, it was around like 30,000 30, uh, people's capacity and I think he spent about 20 million pounds, I think, that time. So, he's, as I say, he never came in with a big bang or anything, but he really made them uh, strategy to bring this club to where he which he thought he can bring them. Well, today it's hats off to Manchester United again. And the charity shield stays amongst the silverware at Old Trafford. Okay, now we're now back to our next segment. And as you just heard just now, that is the sound of Man United kicking off the season 94-95 with another trophy in the cabinet. Uh, as you all know that uh, they have won the double in the previous season and they also won the first Premier League title. So, you know, the era of Sir Alex Ferguson was really going on a roll and with another charity shield in the trophy cabinet, one may wonder when is this going to come to an end? How long can they go? But let me ask you a simple question, Elvin. As defending champion, are you confident enough that United had the team to compete three consecutive Premier League titles in a row? Yeah, so uh, certainly, uh, of course, at, at that point of time, you know, having won already two, two titles, the third title seemed very likely. Um, and it, that, that, that is always an expectation, right? As a Manchester United fan, uh, going into the going into the uh, this new season, having won already two, and uh, at the same time also just just defeated, uh, just won the charity shield as well. So it's a great start to the season to the season yeah, right? yeah. as a as an MU fan. So so definitely, if you can ask any MU MU fan at the start of the season, yeah, uh, everybody everybody thought that 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 was everybody would have thought that the charity shield was going to be one of the many titles they were going to win that season. Hey. Well, sadly, guys, that, that turned out to be the only title they won that season. <laughs> but of course, in your case, Bala, I mean, Blackburn finished second in the previous season, eight points behind. Do you feel that, especially with the signing of Chris Sutton, they've done enough to sort of like close that gap or even overtake Man United for that matter? Uh, like what I said earlier, uh, I think Manchester United had, uh, despite whatever said and done, still MU. Manchester United, and um, of course they ended up second place in the first the first season, and that gave us a boost, that gave us a confidence. But uh, to go against head on with them, such an established team, with, uh, especially with Sir, sorry, I was uh, Sir Alex Ferguson was helping his team, so that kind of a tough. But even though then as a fan, I hope they can go better this year, uh, and which they actually did it surprisingly. To be frank, I was surprised. At, Especially towards the end of the season, they pushed uh, the title despite MU coming very close, but they were able to win it. And also talking about Chris Sutton, I think Chris Sutton 
I would say it's more important player than Alan Shearer itself. Yes. You know why? Because what Shearer did was, he was just a typical all-in-all hot striker. Get the ball across to him, it's just a job. Who actually feeds him? And don't forget, Chris Sutton is not a kind of striker uh, who, who, who do a kind of a dribbling or get the ball done. If I, if I can compare, I think I'll compare him with Dede Drogba. Mm. Get the ball, he fight for the ball. He's, because he was started off, I think he said, he had experience as a defender in Norwich. So he fight for the ball, he get the ball, he pass the ball, and he get the, uh, and he let the other team score. That's why I realized, uh, Alan Scherer was top scorer, but without Scherer, the following season, without, the following season without Sutton, Scherer didn't perform well. So what that is says. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. And uh, we also know for the fact that Chris Sutton had one of the highest assists uh, during that season. But um, yes. can you explain a little bit on Blackburn Rovers? I mean, what, what was their starting lineup like? What was their formation like? Okay, I think it's typical 4-4-2 British style. Uh, remember, I think uh, we started out with, uh, what do you call that? Tim Flowers as a goalkeeper. Uh, I think he was a safe hand we had because of his over experience and also one of the England goalkeeper at that time of time. And of course, in left back, they used to have Grammy Lisa, another perfect kind of uh, defender, followed by Jeff Kenner, Irish guy, good right back, safe, good cross. And of course, AC Milan had Franco Baresi. I would say Blackburn had Colin Henry. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> and then, and then Marshall with it together. I think side by side is Henning Burke. Of course, uh, I think that gives that that the defensive team itself. That the defense, I think, is an unbreakable kind of defense. Even I think this team with the current squad can, I think, can 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 start can give fight to any team, uh, even the current squad. Left then moving on, we start repeatedly on the right in the midfield. I think another England international. And Jason Wilcox, surprising for an Englishman who plays in the left, and he also a left footer uh, with Tim Sherwood and also David Betty uh, marshalling in the midfield. And as a Tim Sherwood, we have a good captain whereby he's calm, he focused. Uh, cool guy, need, 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 uh, always know what to do next, and uh, always in control. I think I would say he was in a combination between uh, Roy Keane and also uh, Didier Deschamps because Didier Deschamps is calm. But he also aggressive of uh, what he called that, his name, uh, Roy King. Up front, of course, without shadow of doubt, Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton. So I think it's typical British team, British format. Wow. British mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, of course, uh, you know, one of the interesting things happened that season was uh, David Batty, who that time was considered one of the most promising young English players uh, coming from the, from the English Premier League. Uh, he suffered an injury which uh, basically um, he was out for the whole season. And in comes Mark Atkins, who I was very interested to know because he has been in Blackburn Rovers since 1988. We're talking about a guy yeah. who's been there before the Jack Walker era and he's been a long servant of the club. I mean, this is, this is an interesting uh, I mean, story behind it, right? Yes, I think Mark Atkins, I think, is uh, one of the founding of the club. And let's not forget, he's actually a right back. Man, asking was actually a right back was transformed into a midfield by Kevin Gavin. Kevin was holding with it. Kenny Daglish. Kenny Daglish. Because I think uh, the defense with the David Betty injury. Because Team Sherwood, like I, also, I would say, more a creative kind of guy. Uh, not to say attacking type, but at least controlling the midfield, a deep uh, line, deep, uh, deep, deep line playmaker. 
So what this guy came out, Kevin came in actually with his, uh, because right, as a right back, he's fast, he's, 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 uh, he can do tackle, he can run fast, he can get defenders, he pulled the midfielder. So I think that gave a suitable uh, experience of partnership with Kim Chewu as a defensive uh, team. So yeah, Man Atkins long recently, and he came in the right moment, the right time to save the club. And if I'm not mistaken, that time he was only about 25 years old. Mm, okay, okay, all right. So with that, and the end of this segment, we will move on to the next. But Manchester United flexing their muscles and going third in the Premiership, overtaking Blackburn by overturning them at Ewood Park, and becoming the first side to do so here in a league game for more than 13 months. Andy, final thoughts? It's hard to know what to take out of the game. Blackburn looks so good in the first half, Martin. United had plenty of possession, but the cut and thrust was all Blackburns. The threat was all Blackburns. One, minute, one moment, one moment at the end of the first half changed the whole complexion of the game. But for Manchester United, it's a huge result, I think, in league terms. To have gone ten points behind Newcastle this early would have given them a mountain to climb. Okay, we are back now in our later in our later segment, and uh, basically uh, when. Blackburn Rovers first met Man United in that season. The match took place in Edward Park. And it was such an important result for Man United because they came away with a 4-2 win. So, Elwin, I mean, oh. with, such a, with such a win away from Old Trafford, how important it was for Man United? Oh, you, you could not mention how important it's, it, it was. Extremely important, this victory. In fact, uh, to go away to Blackburn, on a, and if I'm not mistaken, it was a cold, rainy night as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Typical British British climate, rainy, and it was a night game. And uh, but it was a fantastic game. And uh, in fact, the best the best goal to me in that game was called was was scored by Paul Waters. Okay, the yeah, opening yeah. goal. But what 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 a fantastic goal that was! I think the turning point of that game was when uh, Henningberg got sent off, and then Cantona converted the penalty after that. Yeah. Okay, but mm-hmm. Blackburn Blackburn, despite you know uh, being one man down. Uh, Franco Beresi did score the did score the leading goal to make it two one. Okay, Colin Henry, <laughs> and 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 let let Blackburn let Blackburn take the lead. Uh, but but then in the end, I think uh, that one man that one man made that one man shot made the difference. And uh, yeah. Man United ran, ran out four two winners. Of course, uh, Kenchelski's ran riot in the second half as well and scored two great goals mark Hughes with a fantastic chip as well in fact the the the, the game the game had everything great goals red cards penalties just name it you know fantastic oh. game so as, right. as for man united fan you couldn't be happier for that result yeah yeah now in case uh, to our fellow listeners out there you're wondering what on earth is franco barasi involved in this conversation because uh, we were, i was having a, a we were discussing about this earlier so i was you know when bala was mentioning something about uh, colin henry how good he was you know because in 1995 by english premier league standard colin henry was regarded one of the best center back then so I was thinking more yeah. like, oh, okay. So basically, you know, he was like the 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 Franco Beresi of uh, English Premier League. But Bala, back to differ. So Bala, actually, what what you're about to say is that, I mean, what are you about to say then? If Franco Beresi is not, I mean, if Colin Henry is not the Franco Beresi of the English Premier League, so what is that? Should be the actual uh, sentence for this? I think basically, it's Franco Beresi is Franco Beresi, but okay. Colin Henry. But Colin Henry, I think is I would say even better than Franco Beresi in terms of his determination, and aggressiveness. Wow! Oh, mercy. Wow! I don't, wow, wow. I don't, and, and don't forget in uh, 1998 World Cup opening game, 
when Ronaldo met uh, Colin Henry, he never had an easy time. Mm, okay, okay, all right, all right. Interesting, interesting. Uh, yes. Don't forget that, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, right, right. So, uh, basically, at the midway of the season, by January 95, Blackburn were in first place of 49 points, followed by United with 46 points. I mean, Elwin, uh, even at this stage, were you still confident? You know, I mean, what was your feeling like going into, into the new year? Yeah, I mean, uh, they, and definitely only halfway through the season. So it was op uh, full of optimism that the United will come back. Uh, and, you know, Fergie time goals and all that will happen. Being a United oh, yeah. fan, you know, you go through all that. So, so, so of course, as, as, you, as a United fan, you hang in there right up to the last day of the season, which eventually did happen. Yeah. Mm, okay, okay. And I... Uh, of course, uh, in January, uh, we were, I mean, uh, the British uh, English Premier League was rocked by the uh, the signing of Andy Cole to Manchester United. If I'm not mistaken, at that point of time, it was a, a British record transfer, 7 million or 8 million pounds. I mean, 1995, uh, yeah, 7 million is a huge thing, it's a big money. So, how I mean, yeah. how crucial it was to bring Andy Cole into the, into the squad at that time? Oh, Andy! Andy Cole was a beast. Andy Cole was definitely a machine. I mean, for I mean, the previous season scoring thirty-four goals in the league and all that. All you, this, this is this was this was definitely one guy that uh, definitely Alex Ferguson wanted him on board. And of course, uh, his impact was also was also great. By them also signing Andy Cole, we had to part ways with Keith Gillespie. In fact, I actually liked Keith Gillespie. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. he was he was he was yes. like. Like a, maybe a poor man's Ryan Geeks on, on, on the right hand side, you know, Northern Irish guy, very hardworking. Yes. But and, and Keith Gillespie did go to Blackburn also, if I'm not mistaken, much later down in his career. Yes, as well, yes, right? yes. Yep. Blackburn, so, so, yes. Yeah, so of course, uh, in that Andy Cole transfer, Gillespie went to uh, Newcastle and Andy Cole came over there. So Andy Cole did take a bit of, did take a while to settle, but in the end, he finished the season with 12 goals. Um, but out of the 12 goals, uh, five of those came in a 9-0 win over Ipswich Town. Uh, a striker is still a striker. He still has got instincts in front of goal. I only wish, I really only wish he did just put one, one more goal at the back of the net in the last day of the season. But anyway, we'll come back to that later. Elvin, Elvin, yeah. I just want to ask you a question. Uh, this is a yeah. part about it. I think Alex, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson was... Uh, I mean, a very, a very big fan of Martin Sustar. If I'm not mistaken, right? Um, what I think if Martin Sustar's signing would have made a big, I mean, from my opinion, would make a big impact with what Andy Cole, but uh, wouldn't think that maybe Martin Sustar present would have made more difference compared to this uh, English hero? Yeah, I mean, uh, who who would deny Batty Gold? You know, <laughs> like like who who would not consider Batty Gold? Of course, Alex Ferguson. Um, down down the road, there would there was somehow I think there was a few times of this Buddy Suta being linked to United coming yes, yes. coming coming into the picture as well. And uh, much much later down, of course, uh, we all remember that Buddy Suta goal for Fiorentina against Mark Bosnich. Uh, you know, so so Alex Ferguson probably had an eye on Buddy Suta already. You know, but. Uh, Andy Cole was a proven guy in the previous. I mean, you, if a guy scores thirty-four goals in the previous season, 
in the in the English Premier League. You 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 can't close an eye on that. And even even if you ask me now, right, seven million, I think is a bargain. And and even at that time, it's it was it was big money, right? Yeah. But but if, if 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 you look if you look at the returns that they got back from Andy Cole, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And of course, uh, Indico's arrival to Old Trafford was pretty much just in time because in January itself, Blackburn Rovers came for the second meeting between these two clubs at that season. And, uh, well, as we all know, it's a, a very typical result. A typical result because in 1995, whenever MU win in a very crucial, important game, the one player that what is, you know what, what happens net is none other than who What happens, is? guys? 1-0, Cantona! Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in, in losing twice to Man United that season, did you kind of felt that at that point of time, like, you know, Blackburn was slowly about to lose their grip on the league, in the league standing? For me, when the, the game in Ewood Park, I think that, that shows a lot of character. I saw determination and a lot of will. But after that, to be frank, even when they lost 4-2, I had, uh, I would say, kind of like a goosebump. This is the first can go through because it's still MU. And to be frank, when they met them in Old Trafford, I think the scoreline, I, I really expected that because Cantona, Alice Ferguson, the result's clear, it's clear cut. So, so I was just hoping that along the way, they'll do something and they keep up the momentum of winning it. But to be frank, I had a dubious uh, kind of suspect because anything can go wrong, especially with this MU first on one form. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. It's all got wildly out of hand, and once more, Eric Cantona is the man at the centre of a dramatic controversy. Okay, we are back now in our next segment. Now, um, as you all know, 1995, that English Premier League season was significant for not just about Blackburn Rovers becoming uh, an English Premier League champion after so many years, but also it also had a dark spot in the sense of uh, Eric Cantona's infamous Kung Fu kick incident. Um, of course, there's a lot of story background behind it regarding of that fan because he threw a lot of racial abuse on the player. I think in particularly with Cantona's teammate Paul Ince. Now, Elwin, of course, as a United fan, uh, whatever Cantona did, did you feel like it was justifiable? And how did it affect United's season going, going from then onwards? Okay, so it, it is definitely unacceptable. Okay, what, what Cantona did was unacceptable. Uh, there was no professionalism at all. How much you can admire Eric Cantona also that, uh, you know, football doesn't need incidents like that to happen okay you are a professional you need to know how to control your temper you need to know uh, how, how to remain calm you know when, when when you play in a football game especially in in those in the typical english football stadium imagine sellers park like crystal palace how close the fans are to the field and and, and people are always going to throw uh, comments at you and say stuff to you and all that as a footballer i think you should be able to take it all in and uh, you know control yourself and and being reckless as, as the way he did def, definitely cost us the season because just imagine uh, we just signed Andy Cole right in that in that same uh, in that same month in fact okay and of course Alex Ferguson had plans to link up Cantona and Cole you know to 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 form to form a deadly partnership and all these but 
you know it didn't it didn't materialize uh, as what Alex Ferguson planned and it, of course in a way it derailed our season as well so a big impact now of course uh, moving on to the end of the season with five games to go united were trailing by six points against blackburn rovers i mean elvin as a, as an mu fan at that time i mean what was going through i mean did you feel like at at this point you know is like the league title is is lost or i mean i mean what was your feeling at that time actually okay uh, the, the my feeling uh, was i still had this hope that they will they can still do it because five five games there are 15 points you know anything can anything can happen and uh, you know even though six points may seem to be uh, a quite a substantial gap because as the games get lesser uh, you, you have lesser chances to actually catch up with the gap but you know man united and and any team for that matter who has who has that fighting chance and a mathematical chance to still do it we hang in there and we didn't throw i mean thank goodness they didn't throw in the towel so they kept fighting so as as a fan also you know we kept hoping that that you know there were things would turn around yeah of course you know bala i mean having mentioned earlier that blackburn had a six points commanding lead against united yeah i mean i'm sure as any fan would be having this confident feeling like you know they can keep it up let's say for another two three games and the league the league title is wrapped but what happened was they end up losing two games in their next four fixture What was going through your mind at that time? Uh, it was scary, but I think it started after the Queen Park's uh, game. Uh, after that, they met the Leeds United. That game, Blackburn was actually leading 1-0. And 90th minute, and guess who scored the game of a goal for Blackburn was Colin Henry at 44th minute. But the game was equalized by Brian Dean in Ellen, Ellen, Ellen Road for Leeds United. And I think it started to get drowsy over that. Then the following game they played in Ewood Park, so they met the Manchester City this time, and once again Blackburn took, uh, like I would say, about two-one lead. Again, second half they totally collapsed and they lost the game again in Ewood Park to Manchester City. So these two games, I think, they really started shaking up. Of course, they bounced back against Crystal Palace, but they lost again to the West Ham game. Again, second half they collapsed again. I think the pressure was building up, uh, all this Fergie time, Fergie's uh, mindset, maybe. Kenny Dalglish was having a winning spirit because I think he was he done that and seen that, but I would say the other Blackburn players wouldn't have done or anything yet. So I think it's very would have been very tough for him to motivate. But as a fan, I think Vifers was having a. I think even some of them would have said that maybe just maybe MU nick it at the end of the game, which I think they did. I think the Blackburn only game was in against Newcastle. I think Sharon scored in 28 minutes. After that, I think it's. I don't see the Liverpool game what happened, but yet as a as a as a Blackburn fan, I think the last six game or seven game was totally uh, like a seesaw seesaw season. Actually, we don't know what to win it, but they want to win it. This was the winning it and the losing it, and it just it's just a kind of uh, what do you, I would say a very uh, emotional ride. Many fans, and of course, uh, you know, going into the last day of the season, uh, Blackburn Rovers had a two point lead against MU. It's a very interesting scenario because uh, when you look back, on one hand you had Blackburn Rovers with a manager with Kenny Dalglish as their manager going to Anfield, where he was King Kenny against a Liverpool side, who I'm very sure among Liverpool fans would have would have wanted Liverpool to lose that game to allow Blackburn to take the league title instead of Man U. I mean, it's a very interesting scenario happening on that day. 
If I remember, I was reading the newspaper, you know, getting very excited, thinking like, wow, Blackburn Rovers, they're finally about to make history after so many years. But in your case, Abala, I mean, I mean, what was going through your head at that time? I mean, did you felt like, you know, did you, I mean, did you feel like this is it? I mean, Liverpool should do Blackburn a favour, it should get it, I mean, this should all help help you in your in your favour? Yes, a lot of favour came to me, uh, to the team, especially the Blackburn Rovers. I think uh, basically playing Liverpool, a uh, hated rival for Manchester United. So, a lot of positive things and a lot of uh, favouritism, especially to Kenny Daglish and other favourite cops for Liverpool fans. But uh, again, it's still, there is, a, there is because knowing Liverpool is a professional game, they will make a comeback. They will fight for the points. Although I think Liverpool has nothing much to play for. In fact, they have everything to lose for. So, I thought maybe Liverpool would be half-hearted playing league, but uh, Blackburn should rise to the occasion. But I think they fail. Mm, of course, uh, Elwin. I mean, uh, what are your th- thinking as a United fan? Going in, yeah, I mean, having this scenario to overcome and at the same time with a two-point uh, gap go- and going to West Ham as well. Uh, just, just uh, I, I would summarize as they blew it. They completely blew the golden opportunity that they had, right? He could have, if only they took their chances against West Ham. In fact, <clears throat> that West Ham game, uh, Ludek Miklosko, the Czech goalkeeper for West Ham. I don't know whether this guy, this guy could be supporting either three teams, okay? He could be a Blackburn <laughs> fan, okay? He could be a Liverpool fan because probably he hates Man United or he could be a Manchester City fan. Whatever it is, okay, this guy <laughs> and everything against he just went completely against Man United. United were just pounding Diffler's left, right, centre. Diffler was just flying everywhere, saving everything. Of course, Andy Cole missed the number of sitters as well, right? In sitters in front of goal, which he didn't, he didn't take. But if you, but if you look at those highlights, the, basically the Man United players were camping inside the West Ham plus penalty box, <laughs> bodies flying everywhere. But the goalkeeper was just on top of his game, man. So the one. The one, the person that made the difference in that game is Ludek Miklosko. Yeah, right. to me. So that was a disaster for a Man United fan. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you're mentioning Andy Cole missing a lot of chances. I mean, would you consider him as the bad mole for MU that season? No, you can't. I mean, you 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 can't put all the blame on him because in the end, you know, he still he still had half a season. He still contributed twelve goals in that season. I only wish he had 13 goals and that would have been the title, right? That extra, that yes. just that one more goal that he would have, he would have put in. But, you know, he, you know, he, he did his best and uh, there's, there's, if only he took his chances, but of course, you know, what is done is done and uh, that, that's, how, that's how it ended. Yeah. For, for me, I think the, my opinion, I think Andy Cole is not the meal. I think it's Eric Cantona. I think if he wasn't suspended for the game, I think he was given a kind of uh, Edge to at least tell you to do something or at least try something, but I think to put a solely blame on Andy Cole is not fair. So what actually happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So 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 definitely uh, Andy Cole. Uh, no, it, it, it's not to be blamed for for that. Um, Eric Cantona, yeah, to a certain uh, extent, is responsible as well. As I mentioned earlier, you know, since that kung fu kick incident, uh, he let the team down basically. Yeah. I think what what MU lacking was that time was in leadership. I think with this, with our King Katana kind of uh, charismatic, I think he would have made a lot of difference, as always, knowing King Katana. Well, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, we we can all. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he. I mean, as far as we are, Cantona is concerned, he came back from his suspension, came back strongly. In fact, the following season. I mean, yes. we don't have to mention what what he did for United that year. I suppose all is forgiven. <clears throat> but Bala, in your case right now. Of course, when the scoreline was still one all, it was still Blackburn Rovers' title. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, Jamie Ragnap scores a last-minute goal winner. What was your feeling at that time? I mean, what what was going through your mind at that time? Have you lost it already? Just like, oh, oh here we go again! Oh my God! It's, I thought, what I, I thought, at least Blackburn would have scored. At least would came at 90th minute. It, because one thing I hate about live last-minute goal is. Possible they should bend last minute. Goal. You know why? It makes you numb. It makes you helpless because you can't do anything about it. And yeah, knowing still in the hand is. In fact, in fact I, yeah. I, still, I still remember the the clip of uh, Kenny Douglish. I think he went. I mean, I don't know. Well, I think you surely remember. He went furious after that. He was like, Yeah, I mean, yeah. He thought this guy just. Yeah, yeah. He thought this guy just screwed it up, man. Like, <laughs> oh no. They came, they came so close and this can't be happening, right? <laughs> that's what I'm sure it's... But, yeah. But, uh, so yes, uh, yes. For me, for me... Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. For me, for me, after the last minute goal by Jamie, Jamie Redknapp, the first thing struck my mind was a Leeds game. But that game, this first was actually leading 1-0 and even if the game was finished, we wouldn't need this scoreline to actually to, to, to be safe. Or even to be safe of title. So, like... A lot of regrets and a lot of shit. And since I thought this is it because of MU, you see, and how can they lose? They, I would say at least they would beat, uh, what do you call that? West Ham. Because West Ham still a West Ham and MU still a MU. But well, history has another way. Well, in the end of the day, you know, Destiny had its calling for Blackburn Rovers because even by the time when Jamie Redknapp scored that goal, apparently the game in Upton Park has already ended, which Mathematically speaking, it was Blackburn Rovers' title on that day. Historically, I think they, I think it was the first league title since 1914. I mean, it's a, wow, it's a long time coming. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, everything that Jack Walker, he's, I mean, whatever, I mean, let's, money aside, his body, mind and soul, everything he put for the club has finally been accomplished. So, wow, I mean, I can understand what a Blackburn Rovers fan must have felt like that day. I mean, sure, you want, you want to share a little bit? Like, I mean, did you cry or something? I was just overjoyed with what happened and I just was stunned because I seen the, uh, what they call it, the jersey, black and blue, similar to Argentina. But of course, he has a more bigger patch. He's finally carrying the English Premiership. Uh, it, was, it was just remarkable with the same team, Sherwood, carrying the cup high above his head and celebrating with his uh, fans. It's still, a, still a yesterday. Seems like yesterday. Uh, it's, it's very, it's very unique experience, I would say. And uh, for Jack Walker, I think, I, even me, I feel like that for him, from a club, he supported as a boy. He, I think, what he did was, I think, knowing Blackburn Row is more of an industry kind of city where people are, you know, middle class and lower. And I think the money, the more the money he earned, he gave it to the, he gave it to the community. He gave it to the community, he gave them business, they gave them jobs, and most importantly, he gave them a joy, which I think even until now, Blackburn Rovers fans, no matter where, where they are, they still talk about it on the era of Jack Walker. So yeah, it was a marvelous experience. And even beating, even Alex Ferguson was, I would say Alex Ferguson was no match for Blackburn that season. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay. I'll give that to you, Bala. I'll give that to you. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Cheers, cheers, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah. You're still waiting. You're still waiting for it, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, we're still waiting. As you can see, everyone, we're having a little bit of banter going on here between MU Nightman, you and Blackburn Rovers. Well, everything much wraps up the English Premier League season. Blackburn Rovers winning the Premier League title and we will move on to our next segment. champions of 1995 but I mean that, that season wasn't over yet uh, I mean especially for Man United they still had one more thing to salvage from what from uh, what could turn out to be a very disappointing season I mean bear in mind MU won the first two Premier League won the double you know in 94 of course you know as we talked about we asked Elwin earlier going to 95 you know he had a lot of confidence about the club can go on to achieve more things but it seems like there's only one thing left, and that was the FA Cup against Everton. And if I can remember, you know, in a, in a league fixture that happened sometime earlier that year, Duncan Ferguson scoring a winning goal for Everton. One, one very crucial, important goal for Everton's side that was struggling, that was facing relegation. But this is the FA Cup. So, Elwin, I mean, we're all said and done. Were you, I mean, do you feel like this is the only trophy that United could win this season? Yeah, of course. When we when we went into the the final, United, you know, were the favourites and all that. But overall, I think the morale was low. The way the way these guys they they you know lost the Premier League title uh, and going into the FA Cup final one week later, uh, morale was low. But I would have to say this again, just like what happened in the West Ham game, they came up with another monster goalkeeper performance. This time by Neville Southall. Okay, this guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ne- Neville Southall was another one that was basically flying, <laughs> flying there. I don't know what to see with Avenue and facing this these last two goalkeepers in that in that season. You see, so uh, kudos to Neville Southall. A great great performance by him. Uh, Everton. Everton uh, caught out MU on the counter attack. Paul ride out, scored the scored the winning goal, and uh, yeah, so great, great for Everton that they that they won the FA Cup and all that. But for MU fan, uh, it is definitely one very forgettable season. I'll put it this way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even even for me personally, I have to say that you know that time. Uh, I mean, of course, I was part of the the anti Man United brigade because they were too yeah. successful, too strong. And seeing them going trophyless without a season, I was thinking like, well, okay, this could be the end of the road for Sir Alex Ferguson time with that era with United. But of course, we were all naive in 95. It was turned out to be one... Yeah, but but, but, but you must also understand one thing. United, United also had a disastrous Champions League campaign. You see? Mm, okay. So, even, even that... 
even that Champions League campaign was also disastrous. We first lost to IFK Gothenburg. I mean, I would I would rest my case. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't a real Gothenburg. I mean, yeah, I mean, no offense to IFK Gothenburg fans. Fans out there, man. You know, it was uh, it was just it it just it was just a very forgettable season for United. Right, right. Yeah. So, Bala, of course, you know, with the Premier League title wrapped up, what was your expectation of the future for Blackburn? Considering that, you know, now they're going to go compete in the Champions League, you know, they're going to have... I mean, I don't think Blackburn Rovers fans in their wildest dream thought that Ewood Park would one day be hosting big, big European nights and all that. I mean, what was your expectation going forward for Blackburn? Uh, I, for me, I, for, I just thought this would be the start of something new, a new journey. But I think they'll be competing with MU season in, season out, uh, year in, year out. And uh, of course, I uh, was very looking forward to their Champions League their debut. Uh, I think that time only winners can qualify for Champions League. I think that year they have Juventus, Dortmund, uh, Real Madrid, Ajax. And uh, it was actually a strong squad. Ajax was the defending champion that year. So I was at least expecting a kind of like uh, they meeting one of the big giants and you know, it's back to this thing. Like maybe even our. Franco Beresi of Blackburn Rovers would be Rangers. It's a lot of this kind of things, and uh, but turn the other way around. I think Blackburn Rovers had a disastrous uh, Champions League, um, and I think it's, it's the beginning of the end actually. Because I think what I think they made a mistake basically they couldn't sustain it the, the success because success comes with a price because it's easy to win. But it's even harder to defend, and the continuity, like what Sir Alison did, is, is even harder. If you look at it in our era, I think MU is one of the teams which uh, was building up with a lot of things prior to Arsene Wenger, or came in the Arsenal. So, yeah, I was disappointed, but uh, well, that's, that's life I did. But that season, I remember watching, I started, started going through with Juventus team, because I started looking more to Champions League, to be frank. And uh, I would say that's one of the one of the reasons why I, I like Juventus after that. So as uh, as comparison, I like English team and also Italian team. So that was another beginning journey of uh, with the Juventus. So that was the first year I started supporting them as a friend. But uh, yeah, I think Blackburn at least should have made it to quarterfinal at least because they had Spartan Moscow, they had Joe Warsaw and Rosenberg. So Elvin, don't complain me. Don't complain to me about IFA Gothenburg. <laughs> this was the bottom of the club for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. right, right, right. So, I mean, uh, of course, let's let's uh, to wrap it up. I'm gonna ask both of you guys this uh, this question. You know, when Leicester City won the Premier League title in 2016, there was some uh, bit of a comparison to what Blackburn achieved in 1995. I personally don't think it, it should be compared because, uh, in terms of fairy tale, I think Leicester's success is more of a fairy tale because in Blackburn's case. You can see the momentum they were building up throughout the Jack Walker years. That they were becoming a serious contender. They brought in Kenny Douglas, they signed players, you know, your Sharer, your Lasso, Stuart Ripley's and all that. They were proving to be a team that was aiming to contend for the Premier League title. And of course, they, the season before that, they finished second, eight points behind. So in my opinion, when Blackburn Rovers did it in 95, it was just a step up. Not in Leicester case, because in Leicester, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2015 season, they, they barely scrapped, escaped the, the you know, the rele, uh, relegation. relegation, thanks to Esteban Cambiaso, super performance. <laughs> and then the following year, you know, they won the Premier League with players that virtually were unknown the season before that. Nobody knew who Kante was, 
Vardy was, you know, not that well known. Nobody knew anything about that Leicester team. Yes. Huh? Even West Morgan yes. for that matter. So I mean, your, yes. how would you guys compare? I mean, is it fair to compare or not? In my opinion, I think it's it's wrong because I think like what you say, Stephen, Leicester sucks. Leicester's success was totally different because I think Blackburn, there's, there's expectation, there is a history, like what you say, they went second and there is a, at least there is a, uh, there is, there is there's a contender kind of uh, team. But Leicester City, I think like what you say, Angola, Kante, James Wadi, like the Jamie Wadi, who, who ever thought about that, such a name? But I would say, I would say not only them, any leaks for Manchester, I think Leicester's success is... Uh, it's unprecedented, unprecedented. Sorry, because it was totally unknown players with the with the tinkering coach Claudio Ranieri. I think he's the only one who proven that. Besides that, I think others are. I think it's up and coming. So for me, Leicester success. Even though as a Blackburn fan, I would say Leicester City had an awesome season. What about you, Alvin? Yeah, I mean, if you talk about fairy tales, magical, just name it Leicester as it. You just need to look at the odds. I think their odds are one thousand to one to to to. If 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 I wasn't mistaken, you know, to 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 win the league uh, really? at the start of at the start of the season, Blackburn's odds I think were much much better compared to to when 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 the season started. Of course, because they had a previously a better, a much better season, uh, a much stronger squad, you know, and and. Of course, not to forget Riyad Mahrez as well, right? So yeah, yeah. these guys, Leicester, uh, when they went, they they went to Manchester City and defeated Manchester City three one. So Leicester, I mean, there are really no words you can explain this Leicester season. And whether we will see something like this happening happening again, we 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 I I don't I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I I I I honestly I really don't know. What Claudio Ranieri did, or 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 rallied these troops, right? And the results that they produce, and 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 the way these guys won the 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 league is just amazing. And yeah, you said you mentioned that, right? Captain Morgan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and don't forget, they what? Uh, also, don't don't always remember that when Blackburn was competing, that only they had MU. Was who actually the MU and Blackburn was actually competing for title, but that season last year I think we have Manchester United, we have Liverpool, we have Man Chelsea, Man City with all the money, players, budgets. Yep, it's un, it's yeah. un, it's totally uh, like what I mean say just maybe once in a lifetime, maybe once, maybe once in two yeah. three lifetime I think, <laughs> especially <laughs> with this era I think it's impossible I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 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 indeed indeed uh, you know uh, we we should give our heads out to the to the late owner as well you know of, of yeah. what he has done and transformed the club the 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 Thai Thai gentleman yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay now so with that said and done we will wrap up our latest episode on the Bola Bola Show podcast uh, I mean it's been uh, it's been a Challenging time for all of us here because we all are staying at home and all that, you know, working from home. You know, we're unable to go out and meet friends and all that. So, you know, thank God for technology. We are able to, you know, get together and do this podcast. Um, of course, uh, for me, on behalf of everybody the Bola Bola Show, we would also like to give our gratitude to all 
to all the frontliners out there, you know, just thank you so much for everything you guys are doing, you know, to help to, you know, to, uh, to beat this virus. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you all pull our strings together, you know, we can do it. So guys, any, any last words? Yeah, so uh, thank, as, as what Sivan mentioned, you know, uh, thank, uh, thank all those guys who are helping out, contributing, frontliners, the doctors, nurses, uh, guys on the street, the postman, the rubbish collector, just name it. Whoever that is actually out there doing an essential service for the nation, for the public, uh, a great and a big thank you from, from, from all of us, right? And, and, you know, and if... You're a Blackburn Rovers fan out there and you're listening to this. Thank you indeed. <laughs> All right, right. And we hope that you enjoy that you enjoyed this podcast as well, guys. Yeah. Bala? Yes. For me, I think once again, like what you guys have said, thanks for the frontliners, everyone who's uh, contributing in this battle against COVID-19. Uh, I think it'll be challenging to years, you know, maybe one, two years time. Hopefully there's a vaccine uh, to make things at least back to normal a bit. Uh, but uh, like what you said, I think uh, we are together in this. Uh, please stay home. Most importantly, stay safe. Don't go out when necessary. Even when things are better, because uh, this shows that how how fragile our life is. Uh, enjoy every moment. Enjoy with your family. Uh, like even as a Blackburn fan, we took for 25 years. 25 years is the last one a title, but but now currently Blackburn in the championship. So what I'm trying to say is that moment comes, enjoy, enjoy every single moment because you don't know when you might actually enjoy the next. Yeah. So, yeah. To, to all to our Blackburn fans, thank you, Shire yeah. team. We did it. Hope, hopefully see you again. Uh, have a good time and uh, God bless all of us. All right. And of course, uh, you know, we'd like to thank all our listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening to us. And with that said, guys, what do we have to say now? Two, One, three. Majula, bola, bola. Negara. Okay, bye.